Jerry Fragon and Doug Connolly work for Taylor Fragon Capital Management. All opinions expressed should not be relied upon for your individual investment advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Taylor Fragon Capital Management and its clients may maintain positions with securities discussed. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon Capital Management. If you are a Taylor Fragon client, please remember to contact Taylor Fragon in writing if there are any changes in your personal financial situation or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, or revising our previous recommendations and or services. Or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. A copy of Taylor Fragon Capital Management's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. It's time again for the Long Only Podcast. I am Doug Conley, and I'm here with Jerry Fragon. Hey, Doug. Jerry, how's it going? It's going well. Excellent. I'm looking at the audio. I I came in hot. I can tell by looking at the audio waves on the computer. What does that mean? You're You're too loud? Just looks like, judging by the audio, yeah. And my wife as well, so probably am. Um, am I hot? Oh, you're fine. Oh, okay. You're a little, you're a little low, if anything. Oh wow. We're doing play by play on the audio waves. Okay. Let's start off with a positive note first. We got a lot of downloads um, recently. It's going to be our best month ever. So thank you for that. I think it could have something to do with Lent. Something about penance, listening to my voice. <laughs> so, think, well, I can do my penance by yeah. listening to the Long Only podcast. So, yeah, so <laughs> there's that. But remember, uh, we'd like to know you're not just downloading this and forgetting this on your computer. Remember, so, Doug, what? it's all about suffering. It's all about suffering, yes. That was an episode once. And then we, so Long Only podcast, no, Long Only at TaylorForgon.com. Also, we're on Instagram, TaylorForgon.invest, TaylorForgon.invest. I think that's, that's it. I think that's it. It's not Taylor Forgone done investing. It's there's actually a dude named Taylor Forgone on Instagram. He either that or he just liked our very, name and decided to, you know, pretend he yeah, was exactly. us. Pretend us. I don't know. So it's amazing because as I was growing up, my and my dad at one point was very heavy into doing our genealogy, and we couldn't find anybody named Forgone. Now you go on the web, on you find Forgones everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well. Ironically, I thought I was unique. As it turns out, not not so much. The yeah, there was another. There was a while where the first person that I googled with my name showed up. This is why I lived in Austin, and he was a builder in Austin. Hmm. Spelled the same way. Our name of spelling Connell, our way of spelling Connolly is not that common. I heard Austin was on fire in the last few days. Really? Yeah, just like wild rampaging through the streets or something. I don't know. Oh, it's probably I, sensationalized at this point. I saw not. Maybe not. I saw something about like a car um, racing. Like a racing thing. Yeah, thing that on. went. But then a bunch of fires and indoor fireworks. I don't know. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that they've cut the police force by, they've cut police force budget by 30%, you know. Nothing to do with that. I think they have restored that. They've seen, oh. Pay they, no attention to the man behind me. Once Austin did, they, I think it was in March of, or May of 21, if I'm not mistaken, they had their vote. They had the vote to um, basically end camping, which was, you know, having homeless encampments run out of. They did uh, end it. They ended it. They surprisingly, it was like 55 to 45. It wasn't even close. 
they basically said, oh, we've made a huge mistake. Did they just give up on that now and it's back or are they still? No, I think they're still holding firm on that. It was pretty bad for a while. I think they're doing better. Look, I mean, the, the hopefully we shouldn't need to tell any of our listeners. Like, we're not being obtuse to the plight of the homeless. But of the, course not. These, but these, these camping, these decriminalizing camping solutions never work. All no. this does is just basically uh, codifies or enables completely, you know, subhuman behavior. Yes. I and mean, it, it's, it's not, a, it's not, doesn't show respect for the dignity of these people or anything no, like that. No, not at all. It's, it's, it's coddling in the worst way. It's a way. problem. Yeah, it's a problem. So, um, anywho. Another interesting news item, though, is the is it 19 or 16, I, I may have both of those numbers wrong, counties in Oregon who want to become Idaho. Have you seen that one? No. That's really interesting. And when you look at the map, I mean, it basically turns Oregon into this little sliver along the coast. Interesting. It is interesting. I'm gl- well. I'm glad they taxation don't taxation without representation is basically the argument. I see. Portland and Eugene run the shop there. Do you think we've the United States has been the way it has for a while now? This mm-hmm. has been when when you look at it in terms of changes that we've had. Does we weren't going to talk about this, but. It does seem like we are kind of ossified. Did we know what we were going to talk we about? Never know we never about. know what we're going to talk about. But it does seem that w- when things are kind of ossified, when you, f- I think we are in a unique period of American history in, in two respects. Number one, how long has it been since an amendment's been passed? And number two, how long has it been since we've had a new state? We've, mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had dry spells in either of those things as long as, as we have right now. Mm-hmm. I, that's just about me you know, doing any research, but I, I'd be willing to stand by that. Because it's been, when was the last amendment was, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know either. So, I have to go back and look. That's terrible. Yeah. If only there was some device. What was the, was Hawaii the last or Alaska the last? I think Hawaii was the Hawaii. last. It's like 1950? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And we were, guess what the 48th state was? California. Arizona. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, California was 1850, I think. Anyway, yeah, Arizona was what, 1912? Yes. Yes. Uh, I think it's a 20, so wait, the last amendment is the 27th amendment. Um, yeah, 27th amendment. Let's see what it covers here, Jerry. Mm, required, that's 1992, actually. Shocking. I'm, I is shocking. It's still a long time, though. I mean, we're getting old. That's 31 years ago. It's terrible. I don't Required know. any change to the rate of compensation for members of Congress to take effect only after the subsequent election. Hmm. Okay. So, makes sense. Yes, it does. But still, I think that's a, a relatively, not quite as earth-shattering as, like, the Second Amendment or Prohibition or women being allowed to vote or something like that. So, so, so in our in our usual, well, yes. So, we'll, Set constitutional law aside, we uh, we usually within the first, well, the 10 seconds leading up to the start of the podcast usually is when we decide what we're going to talk about. Yes. If we do that, you want to talk about ETFs. That's fine. I would, li- I would like to talk about ETFs, but let's just put that aside and just say they're evil for the moment and we'll come back. So they're only evil to- for the moment? No, for the moment, we'll set them aside okay. and just simply say they're evil. What okay. I want to talk about are birth rates. All right, birth rates. Okay, I'm doing all I can to help. <laughs> Doug is. He's expecting his sixth. God yes. bless him and Jess. One in heaven. Yes, six on six one, on one in heaven. Six with feet on the ground. Six on the ground. Yep. So uh, this is a this is a really significant issue, and I'm going to give full credit 
for bringing this to my attention, even though, I mean, I, I think I knew some of these numbers, but hadn't really concentrated on them uh, until uh, William Blair and company out of Chicago brought this up in a, in a piece they put out called the fading U S workforce. Kudos to William Blair for this. And specifically um, it's my, Matt Fow, I believe was the main author there, but there's a number of folks over at, at William Blair that put this together using data from various sources, including the you know, Department of Labor Statistics, the uh, our Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, World Bank, Centers for Disease Control. But what, what they're, they're pointing out is the lack. Everybody's talked about automation is going to you know, take all these workers out of their job. It's going to displace workers. Actually, what's happening is automation is becoming a necessity because we need to replace workers that aren't there. So the title, The Fading U.S. Workforce, uh, is it's a big problem. Now, there's, this, is, this is becoming a significant part of our digital transformation narrative that we've talked about before on this podcast, which is you know, companies adopting technology to be able to make themselves more efficient. But here is an example of where the digital transformation story comes into play where it's a necessity for businesses. It's not that they are displaced. They want to get rid of workers. It's that they don't have enough. Um, one of the reasons that's happening is in the U S birth rates have collapsed. And as recently as the 1960s and seventies, we were having, we had an average, which was sort of the replacement rate, if you will, which is 2.1 kids per woman. And the reason 2.1 is because, you know, you need two to replace mom and dad, but the point one is, uh, you know, getting you, you know, accounting for deaths and you know, premature deaths and what have you. Well, the real problem there is now we don't know what the denominator is. And so no one woman is. Yeah, well, that's true, but let's not go there yet. <laughs> we'll go there. There's like a little time. undefined. For we'll, the go there, we'll go there another time. But, and, I, and we, we have asked the question, can, what is a woman? Can you divide we, by a question mark? I we'll know let, you can't we'll divide by zero. We'll just take that on. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, you know, this is a huge problem. We're now down to 1.6, 1.6 and change. Thanks, Sanger. So we're Margaret not, Sanger. yeah, well, we're not, we're not replacing the people that are dying off. This is hugely problematic. And it's one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why we're having a, a labor problem in the United States. So, well, it's an interesting narrative and there are companies out there that are, uh, many of which we own, that are helping to solve that issue as far as companies being able to automate so they can continue to produce, which is obviously necessary. It's still a bigger picture, huge negative. And and bottom line is you can't have growth without people. You need people to grow. And I mean, there's, you know, there's this odd, weird, twisted Malthusian view of the world that, that, you know, humans are a bad thing that's been going on for decades. Dave Matheson, our research director, and I were talking about this this morning. I mean, even going back to when we were in grade school, it was starting, you know, this whole idea of infiltrating into the, the schools with this idea that humans are just so bad for the planet. That's nonsense. And by the way, economic growth is what keeps the environment clean. Just go look at any third world nation and look around at the cities in those places and see that the the quality of the air is just nothing compared to what it is in the first world where economic you know, growth has created a level of advancement where 
where you can worry about the environment instead of having to worry about whether you have a you can you know, have a roof over your head and food to to feed yourself with. You know, I realize that the environment and and these kind of issues are more than just simply the amount of physical space there is on Earth. But for perspective, because you know I got water resources things like that. But for perspective, I read in a Thomas Sowell book once, which again might disqualify me for you know immediately for some people. But if you divided the world into families of four, this is probably this is Vision of the Anointed, so probably 1995 or so. If you divided the world into families of four and gave them each a quarter acre, they would fit into Texas. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much open space there is. Now they couldn't drink anything. No water. <laughs> but that no, that's solvable yeah, though. It is solvable. That's, that's solvable. Uh, in fact, here in Arizona, as we know, it's a big problem because of the battles between Arizona and California over water, where California thinks that we can just let water continue to flow out into the into the ocean and not have to worry about it. Here in Arizona, you know, we, we care a little bit about making sure we have water. The Central Arizona Project has actually been somewhat of a miracle, as was the California Aqueduct Project project from decades ago, which they haven't improved upon in any way, shape or form, you know, since they first built it, they haven't been, they haven't built water infrastructure in California uh, since the the population was half of what it is today. Thankfully for the rest of the world, California's population is declining. We'll get to that in another podcast. I think, what is it? 500,000 net loss of population in California. Okay. wonder how that's going for That'll help the water situation. For help the water situation, I suppose. But anyway, not going so well for the coffers of the state. state I don't think they've done anything new for the water situation in California since Chinatown. At least since then. The movie. But, it, but going back to our birth rate issue, that's one of the problems that we have with a declining workforce. Um, interestingly, the other thing is, is migration, uh, international migration. So people immigrating into the United States. Now, we talk about the problem with the border, and it's definitely a problem. Um, people are flowing over the border who probably are not the greatest people in the world to have here. While at the same time, we're limiting the amount of quality people that could come here to help us with our job problem. Um, Well, not only that, what about wedding guests? (laughs) We we don't need to go there, but we could. Um, (laughs) And and Doug is, is, is jokingly referring to my son's wedding this last week where um, due to immigration problems, his his Brazilian bride's parents couldn't come to see their, their daughter's wedding, couldn't, couldn't get a visa to come into the United States. And that that plays into a little bit of what we're talking about. Interestingly enough, while over the last couple of two or three decades, the birth rates have been dropping, um, they've just recently dropped so significantly to where it's down to below the two point whatever one to three it is that we need for replacement. We're down to one point. I think it's one point six six. But more recent phenomenon is the drop off in international immigration. People think that we're letting people into this country left and right. Well, guess what? We're, we're probably letting the, the, the wrong people yeah. in. We're not letting people in that can help us solve some of these problems with, with, with skilled labor. Um, unless, you know, this is, this is not, uh, this, this is actually crossing political lines in a lot of ways. There's a lot of people on, on both sides that are at odds uh, with this, this phenomenon. Um, some on the right who you normally think are, you know, wanting so much for, uh, you know, all kinds of immigration to stop. Well, guess, guess what? There's, there's quality and good immigration that we need to have happen. Um, never mind that we are a country of immigrants anyway, historically. Um, but we do need these, uh, you know, we do need skilled labor to, to come into this country. So, you know, whatever, policies and regulations that are uh, really 
stultifying this, this, you know, immigration flow is problematic. Um, and, and it's about 2016 that it just started collapsing. Um, net migration, one of the numbers here out of the U.S. Census Bureau, peaked in 2016 at 1.2 million. Um, and in 2021, it got down to 400,000. Now, in 2022, it kicked up, but there's a reason they give, uh, oh, that's a projection. So the U.S., the projection is that it was that in 2022, it would have kicked back up again a bit. But nonetheless, that, that's another factor contributing to the, to the problem. And then, of course, one we've known for the longest time is the aging population. You know, the baby boom is getting older and older. They're not working anymore. And the new generation, while this is a narrative that also plays in, there's investment themes you can build around this. Unfortunately, the newer generations, millennial, Gen, Gen Z, um, they don't have the same working, you know, call it um, dedication to work, desire to work, whatever it is. Not pointing any fingers at anybody. It's just the facts are the facts. Um, the, the number of workers in the lower, you know, lower age groups has just dropped off considerably. Um, in fact, it's interesting. Uh, there were some numbers on teenage employment. I may be able to find them. Uh, well, I can't find it in here. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. Maybe it'll come up as we go through this. But these are these are factors that that need to be addressed. That need to be thought through. You know. So why are all of these things happening? Why, for example, are are younger people not wanting to work? What, what's going on with that? Um, you know, it, is, is it, it part and parcel to some of the things we've talked about culturally that are going on, socially that are going on in this country? And this is, this is not necessarily uniquely an American phenomenon, but it's a Western civilization phenomenon. Um, it seems that Western civilization has this desire to turn on itself right now. Yep. And I think that's part of what's playing into all of this. Our mind's so open, our brain fell out. Absolutely. And, and again, I don't want to suggest that there aren't investment themes because there are, and we're, we're paying very close attention to these trends. And, and, you know, we've talked endlessly about, you know, those companies that are providing efficiencies for companies to be able to deal with these situations. And we can, we can make money off that. that that's great and wonderful. But the bigger picture is there's still an overall broader economy, particularly, um, let's call it the bricks and mortar economy with, for lack of a better explanation. And what I mean by that is not everything can be done with software. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, somebody still needs to, you know, work the farm and, and build stuff, physical stuff to, in order to be able to, to, to progress as an economy, as a society. And that's the part that we worry about. Um, and that's the part that we need a, a solution for. So Doug is doing his part, folks. I am. Fine. Now, I, one thing, and this may be academic, the people who just three weeks ago, the, the narrative was, oh, uh, open chat GT or is taking mm-hmm. all our taking all our jobs and things like that. Your your point here is that, well, these kinds of automations are responses to human created problems. But for someone who's concerned about the future of their job for the future employment, does it still end up in, in this? Does it still get us in the same place? You know, still that we've got that now, I, I guess you're, I guess it seems like your take would broadly though be 
this, and I, cause this is mine is that this is going to be more of the same with regard to these, uh, these, um, AI at the end of the day, it's going to result in different jobs. Some jobs go away. Some jobs creep it's, up. Yeah. To, to take a Luddite view of the world is wrong. Every, every computer program, regardless of whether you want to call it AI, and by the way, AI has been around for so long. We keep hearing it over and over again in different forms in some ways. What's, what, what's bringing it to the forefront now is just simply that we've got computer speeds that are so rapid that, that it, 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 it can do more and more. And with respect to how quickly it can crunch numbers and it's fantastic in a lot of ways, but it always needs, as George Gilder says, an Oracle, an Oracle being the human that programs it to do what it is that they want it to do. It will, you know, can it learn from what it's doing? Yes. And that's, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's part of the the function of speed being better for certain things, but it it always is going to need human inter- interface but, or a human director, if you will, that Oracle is that, but is their response? It seems to me their response is this time it's different. Now the computer is going to become the Oracle and your response would just no. be no, no, I, that's the response. And I go back to Carver Meads who, who is a Caltech professor with, I think something like 26 startups, successful startups to his credit, who talks about how you, you want to talk about AI uh, we don't know how a fly gets away with walking on a ceiling and then, you know, spiraling down and landing perfectly on its feet onto the table. And you want to tell us that we can, that the singularity is near, you know, Ray Kurzweil and mm-hmm. transhumanism and all those kinds of things. Not, you know, so. The desire is near, though. Oh, it's certain, the, that's, that is a problem. The, but that desire has always been. Yeah. And it's part of the Malthusian yep. sect as well. Um, that's pr- how many more times does that need to be proven wrong? To your point about you can fit everybody in Texas or, or, or what? Yeah, you know, I don't remember exactly how you said. That it. could be it relevant because everyone may be moving to Texas. Before. Well, it seems like everybody wants to move to Texas and Florida, which may not have been such a good idea for the the right in the latest elections. Somebody, somebody said, "Is it such a good idea that everybody yep. on the right we, moved to Florida?" We got seventy electoral right. votes locked down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, and so, yeah, and I don't, I'm not trying to pay this as, um, that, that this has to be a huge negative. It's just, it is, it isn't, it is a net negative that we need to face. There's money to be made in trying to solve the conundrum for companies that need to do business right now. And then it's just something that we need to be aware of that from a broader sort of philosophical and cultural and social on a social level we're thinking about what got us here. And I think it's part of these kind of whacked out social, cultural things that have been going on that's kind of exploded here in the last few years with the, the you know, I hate this term now, but the woke world that we all need to kind of wake up and say, this is crazy. And it's leading us into these, these circumstances like we have. And by the way, the big, you know, elephant in the room that everybody thinks China is, Guess what? China's in way worse case because they were limiting how many children people could have to one. And and of course, now we all know they're now trying to get people to have two and three because they recognize they got a massive demographic problem. And it's not working, by the way, because they've culturally so screwed up that the people that are there, they're like, nah, yeah, we're, we don't want to have any any children after all. You know, so that one child thing, we're going to go no child. So, I mean, the, the demographics are that, what, something like, 
by by 2200 or 2100, sorry, 20, you know, the year 2100, China's population's just collapsed. It's already happening in Japan. It's happening in Western Europe. Um, you need to have babies to grow. And growth is not bad because from that growth comes an advancement in standards of living. So unless your goal, which for some folks out there, as I said, in the twisted Malthusian world, this may be their goal, <laughs> you know, the, the end of humanity as we, as we know it. Okay, fine. But I challenge that the vast majority of humans on the planet don't want to go there. So this is a... But know, they go along with these plans and they have ideas and they buy into these narratives. Yeah, because I think most people just are not paying attention. They, they think it all sounds great. Oh, yeah, we want to save the world for the planet. Well, so, so when, so when no one's here, it'll be peaceful. Do some, re- yeah, exactly. Do some research and actually figure out what's really going on people. I mean, it's not that complicated. Um, and so while there, and I want to emphasize this, while there's opportunities for those of us that recognize what's happening and how to help solve these problems, there is the bigger, broader, which we always want to say anyway, there's more than just making money. <laughs> um, there's how you leave the world. And from that broader perspective, we all need to start thinking a little bit more and, and learning a little bit more about the bigger picture. And that's why I give kudos to William Blair for putting this out. William Blair is a, a investment brokerage and capital markets firm, in, as I, I think I said, in Chicago. Um, kudos to bringing this kind of thoughtful piece out. Now, they're, they're, they're no doubt framing it in the context of, hey, these are you know, the kinds of companies that, you can, that are um, you know, helping to solve this. Great. Wonderful. But it also does point out a broader bigger cultural and social issue that, that we need to be thinking about so we can change course so that 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road, you know, we've sought, we've stopped this, uh, nonsense, um, that, that, that risks us, you know, that risks our existence. All right. We need people. We need people. We need people. Earth now hiring. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. I like that. So, um, all right. Well, we've got an applicant coming in about six weeks. So, uh, yes. All right. Uh, exciting, exciting, very exciting stuff. And well, we'll talk about ETFs next week. Sure. Cause we got, apparently we got some new listeners and we want them to know why Jerry takes this very countercultural stance against, uh, what most people think of as either a good or benign product, the ETF. Absolutely. Jerry's got different thoughts. Yep. So we'll talk about it next week. In the meantime, I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. And please join us on the Long Only Podcast. Catch us on iTunes. And please, please, please give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Tell a friend, download, subscribe. And we'll see you next week. 